This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You are listening to the Arenality on RFM. Kia ora everyone, my name is Arina Aizal and thank you for tuning in on Otago Access Radio for my radio show and podcast, The Arenality. I would also like to acknowledge our listeners on Radio Kidnappers in Hawke's Bay, Wellington Access Radio, Plains FM in Christchurch and Free FM in Hamilton. Hello from Dunedin and to our international listeners out there tuning into the podcast, Hello from New Zealand. So The Arenality is a platform for women with international backgrounds on their cultural identities, belonging, well-being, and passions in Aotearoa. In this episode, we have Moi Wai Marsh, a local Danina artist, and also my childhood friend. Kia ora, Moi Wai. Kia ora. It's so exciting to be here. <laughs> it's crazy how long we've known each other. I know, since we were, what, five? No, I, I came to New Zealand when I was 10. So I got that totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. feels like I've known yes, you since yeah. I was five, well, we I should d- say. We did keep in touch really well. Yeah. Like, we did amazing. Yeah. Like, we did so well as pen pals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the most exciting part of my day was going to the mailbox, and I would get a letter from you, and everyone else would just get a bill. So yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was really exciting to actually be receiving letters. I, don't, I feel like no one really does it anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of sad. Yeah, well, especially now with social media and stuff. Yeah. It's it's much easier now, but it's something different, right? Using letters instead of... It um, feels really sentimental when you're getting a letter from someone. They're pouring all their love and time into what they're writing to send to you. And you'd send me cute little Polaroids of you and your family and your brother. (laughs) I still have all those Polaroids on my wall. Oh, yeah. (laughs) so cute. And, like, handwriting as well. You get to see, like, how how our handwritings change over the years. You've always had really neat handwriting. (laughs) I must say that. Oh, thank you for being here today. No, thank you. Thank you for inviting this. me. I'm really, it's, we're not only doing a podcast, I'm catching up with a good yes, friend yeah, as well. So exactly. it's really, really special to be here. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. I think it'll be great if you introduce yourself to yeah, everyone. I, I'm a bit rusty, but I thought I'd do my, my pipiha, my mihi. I feel like my mihi has been changing. So, well, not changing, I've been learning more things about my whakapapa and where I come from. So, from my mihi that I knew from when I was younger is now a completely different mihi now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll, yeah, I'll do my mihi now. Ko hekaroroa rawa, ko auraki oku moka, ko wakawaiti toku awa, ko araiti uru rawa, ko takitimu toku waka. Wait, I did that wrong, sorry. Ko araiti uru rawa, ko takitimu toku waka. Ko kaitahu rawa, ko ngati kahungunu oku iwi, Ko kati hurirapa, te hapu, ko pukitiraki, raua, ko rangiahua o kumarai, ko otipoti toku kainga, ko moewairaupoti toku ingoa. So, kia ora, that was just me introducing myself in te reo, acknowledging my mountains, my rivers, my marae, my waka, um, and also my iwi and where I come from here in Dunedin. So I thought I'd just introduce myself in Te Reo Māori as well. Still something I'm learning. I can't say I'm very confident in 
that area of myself yet, but it's something that I've been really excited to learn about and any opportunity I can get to say my mihi, I'm going to take it. So I apologise if I've seen anything mm. wrong. <laughs> I, I think everyone is learning and I really appreciate you um, sharing that part of you to us. And we do have like international listeners who might not know about Maori culture mm-hmm. and uh, pipiha. Can you tell us a bit about like um, the significance of pipiha for Maori? I think in te ao, Mo- in te ao Maori rather than asking who are you the question that comes is more where are you from um, and that's just a really awesome way to start those connections because you, if you hear something in a pipiha or a mihi say if I'm listening to someone's mihi and they're talking about their iwi or their waka and it's also the same which is in my mihi you've automatically got some kind of connection there so mm. then afterwards when you've said your pipiha and your mihi you can be like Oh, I'm from Araiteru as well. Or oh, my waka is Takitumu. What's your? Where is your fano from? What's your connections there? And it's just a really special way of making those connections from a more spiritual kind of context. I should say it's really important to acknowledge the land before you acknowledge yourself because that was here first. So outlining yeah. that in your mihi is just. I think it's it's really special. Yeah. Um, so any opportunity to be able to say that and introduce yourself in that way to people feels really important and something that I need to do more mm. that I'm... Yeah, I'm getting there. Yeah, thank <laughs> but you. it's good to acknowledge and I love learning about my whakapapa and where I come from because um, that's all a part of who I am. And for every individual as well, you connect to something. And it doesn't necessarily matter if you're Māori or not. You connect to like even for yourself there is probably a river or a mountain that you connect to back home or in New Zealand you can present yourself in any language or culture it's just a really special way to connect with people yeah that is so beautiful (laughs) I I think we're gonna talk a lot about connecting with people in this podcast Uh, but before we do that let's talk about your journey to art school to art school yeah um, I went to art school, what year did I start art school? I think it was 2017. So I was very fresh out of high school, <laughs> 18 years old, did not know what I wanted to do at all. The only thing I feel like I was good at in high school was art. I exceeded really well in art and my art teachers in high school were really supportive of me and what I did and I feel like they saw potential in me at the time that I didn't really see in myself because um, mm. every all my friends kind of had these plans of what they wanted to do like they were going off to business school they were doing going into first year health science and I was just I've never been that kind of person who's liked science or wanted to be a doctor or a nurse I've just just liked painting and I was like well I may as well just go to art school why not that was my only logic into it I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do when I left art school um so yeah that was kind of my thought process into deciding to go to art school I didn't know anyone when I went I was there by myself so the first week of art school was really terrifying at the start but once I'd 
found um, my two friends who I'm still really good friends with now, Harriet and Jana. We more or less stuck with each other all throughout art school and I feel like if I didn't have them, my experience of art school would have been a lot different because you need to have a support system and yeah, just friends. Friendships are really important and we've developed a really, really strong friendship. Um, we've all been doing art since we've left art school and been continuously supporting each other, learning lots of new things since we've left. Yeah, I'm I'm really proud of myself for getting through the degree because there were lots of ups and downs throughout art school where I didn't even want to finish. Mm. <laughs> I think quite a, it wasn't just me who felt like this. I could definitely know that there were other people who didn't want to go back in their final year or just needed a break and there's nothing wrong with that you've got to take time for yourself but my struggle that I was having in art school is that I went I started art school not knowing who I was and throughout that whole journey of being in art school I still was quite lost in my identity and what it was I actually wanted to express in art so that was kind of why I wanted to leave I had a big mental breakdown in my <laughs> second year of art school um, where I didn't want to go back. But thanks to my friends, um, my family and my partner, they all convinced, got me back on the right track, said, you need, you've got one more year to go, you may as well finish it. Because I really wanted to learn about my culture, what it means to be Māori, how do I express Māori art. There's all these questions I had in my mind that I felt like I wasn't able to get in art school but I did manage to find those things mm. throughout my final year through the help of the support system I had at the time mm. which I was really grateful for in my final year of art school I started studying on the side of art school through Te Wananga or Aotearoa and basically they are they offer all these different courses from learning te reo Māori, either whether it's level one or right up to level eight or level nine, you can learn real fluent te reo Māori. They offer tikanga courses, mahi toi, which is about traditional Māori art. So I signed up to a mahi toi class because I wanted to learn a bit more about traditional Māori art and it was I think that was probably the best decision that really helped me get through my final year of art school because I was able to learn about these things in a little bit more depth whilst I was studying and mm. it just really helped shape my practice as I was researching and doing a lot of things at art school but having that on the side being in some sort of community with other people wanting to learn really helped my artwork and even myself as a person Grow. So when it came to the end of the year, when I had completed my work, I just couldn't believe that my brain had actually come up with (laughs) what I had produced, which is my work that I'm doing now. So it's it's taken me quite a few years to get to what I'm doing now. I'm continuously going to be growing, but I definitely don't regret going to art school because if I didn't who knows I don't know if I'd even be doing anything creative I've always had creativity inside of me so I just knew that I no matter what I'm doing I need to be doing something 
creative. I hope I haven't just rambled and no, this ranted. Is, this is perfect. You basically put your whole story out there, like pre-art uh, school to post-art uh, school. Yeah. But I'm interested to know, because you mentioned that you were looking for yourself, mm-hmm. what was the point where you understood your cultural identity and how you reflected that through your art? I think it was... So we have my first semester in my final year. It wasn't until my final year that I started truly seeking, I guess, myself and my identity, my papa. It's interesting when I look at the work that I was doing in my first year. I remember I painted this big... I was really obsessed with lips. I don't know why, but I really liked painting lips, um, <laughs> which is nothing to what I do now. But in my first year of art school, I painted this big painting of some lips. It was an outline. I'd cut it out to look like lips, and I'd drawn my family members inside the lips. So looking back at that painting, it was so weird. But I, <laughs> I, my nana is obsessed with it. She's got it at her house. Yeah. Um, and it was still, it was it was a starting point for me. Yeah. Um, and then my second year, my paintings that I did, they were outlines of members of my family and inside their faces. So, yeah, inside their faces, I had drawn landscapes of where each family member comes from so I feel like right from the start my ideas were there but they just hadn't completely formed Um, because I had the outline shapes and stuff all there and then in my final year I realized I need to really get into this a lot more if my work is to have any meaning and purpose because they just didn't feel very me whilst I was doing them but I still acknowledge that these paintings in a way even though I don't think they were very good at the time they still were a part of my journey yeah. growing artistically they evolved yeah they, yeah they really evolved from lips to the tonga I'm making now and I did a lot of research in my final year um, around Māori tonga and about land I was researching about landscapes and taonga, Māori art. I was very inspired by Māori artists at the time, artists that use natural earth materials. That was something that I really wanted to explore throughout my practice. So Star Gossage in art school, she was an artist that was a big inspiration of mine at the time. There are so many more artists that I'm really inspired by now, but in art school she was an artist that I was really drawn to because she actually made all her own paint Mm. and that is something I started to explore. Not so much making my own paint, but I started to incorporate the earth into my work and I found that was a really creative way of me to express Landscape in a more meaningful yeah. kind of way. It's I want more to, real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I wanted my paintings to have a strong sense of spirituality, and with because I paint landscapes, but I wanted my 
landscapes to represent a part of me and to express Māori art. So my brain was just having a big, ah, how do I do this? <laughs> all my, I had snippets of my ideas all there. I was looking at taonga, I was looking at landscape, I was looking at how artists make paint. So all these ideas were there individually. I just had to morph them all together. Mm-hmm. And throughout the years, that is what, or throughout my final year, that is what I had done to come up with my practice at the end of the year and through talking to people that really helped inspire my work and it's continuously changing my work has definitely developed a lot since then but that is kind of how my work evolved because you have to do a lot of presentations in art school where you have to stand up and talk about your work and I used to always hate it (laughs) I still hate public speaking I will never be good at it I don't know why I'm doing a podcast my number (laughs) one fear Uh, (laughs) but it's actually so important to do these things because if you can't talk about your work then you're not really going to get people to appreciate it or see the value in what you do so the more we did it the more you get better at it and then you start to understand what it is your work is actually about so talking about your work what it means to you what its purpose is is such an important part and you want people to look at your painting the way you see it yes I think that's very important and you started the business yes (laughs) I want to say yes slash no um it's only been something I've been learning about this year is the business side of art. It's so confusing. I didn't think that it'd be... Oh, it's not hard. It's just very tedious learning about these new things. And you men told me that um, you didn't learn all this in art school. They didn't teach you the business no, side. We got touched on it a little bit but I feel like when I left I, it was quite a big shock facing the reality of what it is actually like if you want to be an artist full time. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's not easy so having to learn about taxes and IRD, how to start up your own business, how to network yourself, how do you use social media intentionally, getting your work out there. Social media is such an amazing tool for artists and creatives. I've definitely been using it a lot more um, with the intention of bringing together a sense of community and having a platform out there to show my work. Um, Mm. Even just pricing works and stuff is a really complicated subject that a lot of artists definitely undersell themselves, I would say. And acknowledging your value when you're pricing a work is so important because especially when you're pouring all your energy and time into creating a piece for someone and you sell it for like... I don't know, a huge painting for $100. You don't want to do something like that. You've got to... And I'm guilty for this. I've definitely done this in the past because you want everyone to have your work and especially when you've... It means a lot to you and for the person. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really challenging learning about all these new things. But I guess I can just look at it as this is a new skill that I can continue to learn about I had to learn how to use Photoshop in the past year to make business cards and to add water 
marks to my pictures and get mm. nice images for my website. Oh, learning how to make a website, mm. that was horrible, such a painful <laughs> process. But my auntie, she helped me a lot with that. And again, just having people that are there to support you really, really helps. So keeping those connections strong as you're growing yourself too yeah. is really important. So being an artist isn't just about painting the masterpiece oh, no. but like everything Definitely that not. comes <laughs> afterwards so yeah, there's a lot of skills there there's a, I've kind of it's only been this year I'd say I've been properly getting into it a lot more because when I came out of art school I was working in hospitality I wasn't really interested in wanting to do any artwork at all I kind of just hit a big low and I wasn't doing anything creative so I wasn't very happy and when lockdown came, that was my turning point. I started painting again. And mm. honestly, if it wasn't for lockdown, I don't know if I would have picked up a brush again. Mm. So it's crazy how things happen. As awful as COVID is, it's still crazy the things that happened for some people yeah, exactly. during lockdown. Yeah. So do you have any advice for people who were like you mm-hmm. trying to find themselves um, culturally and expressing themselves through art? I think definitely people helps with being an artist. There's a really awesome whakatauki that I thought I should share. A whakatauki um, is they're Māori proverbs. I'm not sure if you've heard of that term before but they're, you can use them as words of affirmation to get you through challenging situations in life. I hope mm. I've worded that correctly. Yeah. And I've got it on my website as well, this whakatauki, but I learned this whakatauki when I was really young in a song that my uncle taught me. And the whakatauki is He aha te mea nui o tēnei ao He tangata, he tangata, he tangata. And that whakatauki means what is the most important thing in the world it is people, people, people. And I always find myself reflecting or going back to that whakatauke whenever I'm having troublesome times or I'm feeling alone or I feel like I'm not doing anything well with myself or with my art. If I've had hitting any low point in my life, for some reason I always go back to that whakatauke because even if you feel like you're alone, there are always people you can go to in times of where you're struggling and especially as an artist you need to reach out to people it's so important to keep friendships close keep family close create a sense of community Mm. go to art gallery open go to art gallery openings Mm. (laughs) um and doing these things making relationships with people with your iwi Mm. it's all really important and i feel like the relationships that i've made with people have really helped me grow so I feel like people who know that I do art a lot of it is just word of mouth too some people like oh have you heard of so and so and then that person tells so and so and it kind of that's a chain of connection that it spreads like that importance of people Yeah, yeah so people are just so fundamental to art and to life yeah as well without people there is no one there to admire and see the value in art so I love to create 
relationships with all people that I'm making a painting for because for me, I want to know where my work is going. I yeah. want to see pictures of it hanging and wherever they're going to hang it. I don't. I wouldn't say I'm very driven by money. I've been in jobs where I've been earning a lot of money, but it's made me miserable. So it just kind of goes to show when that money's not everything. It's not going to equal happiness. There, you need mm. money, yeah. of course. Like I need money to pay my rent and all my bills, mm. but. It's not everything, and I don't think you should be driven by money, but there's a really good feeling that I get when I do sell a work or I sell a painting or I get a commission. It just It's a really exciting feeling that people are appreciating and acknowledging what I do. Yeah, and I think our listeners would really appreciate to see your artwork. Can you, can you tell us your uh, Instagram uh, um, website, maybe? My website is moiwaimarsh.com, and I have an Instagram, moiwaimarshart. Can <laughs> so you it's spell M O E W A I, moiwai, and marsh, M A R S H. Mm. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, my wife, for being here today. I really right. appreciate you sharing. I hope I yourself. talked about my work. Yes. I'm not actually sure if I did. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, I, this is probably one of the best episodes. I feel like I'm connecting with a old best friend. You yes. know what it feels like? Yeah. It definitely does feel like that, and it's really, really special to be here. Thank you for having me, Adina. It's been a great time. Thank you. So that is the end of our episode of The Arnality today. I hope you learned a lot about Moi Wai, about her business, her art school story. And if anyone would like to contact me, feel free to email aizalarina at gmail.com. You can follow me on my Instagram at arinaizal. Otherwise, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! You've been listening to The Arinality on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.